I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Jam, what's up, what's up, what's up? Not a lot. How are you? I'm good. I am just uh, hanging out, watching the dogs out the window. They, I just heard them clack up the hallway and go out into the backyard. So <laughs> Nice. That's, that's my afternoon. How are you? I'm good. I haven't seen you on the internet quite as much. Could be double recorded and then didn't record for a week. So been a lot less internet hangs, um, at least fewer than normal. Yeah, I realized today I'm... Just so the listeners know, I mm-hmm. have seven essays due in the next six days. I'll do one. You'll do one? Yeah. That would be great. How how important is like a good grade to you? Just curious. Pretty important. Yeah. Okay. Well, well maybe I'm not the best. We'll see. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's sort of my own fault. You know, I had all my family stuff going on. I had more time, but I was unmotivated to utilize my time wisely. Mm-hmm. So in light of all of that, I'm, I have done what I like to say is made my own bed and now I'm lying in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's my own fault. But because of that thing going on in my mind where I know about all that happening, I did not realize how long it had been since we'd seen each other until yeah. we were logging on. And I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't seen jamming forever. Yeah. We, we saw each other at like a group video hang on Thursday but other than that it had been like a pretty solid like at least like just shy of two weeks I think yeah so which is funny because to people listening they're not they're gonna be like sounds like you guys have seen each other the same amount that I thought <laughs> but usually we see each other in real life non-quarantine times I would say three times a week yeah men right minimum so yeah true that but anyway so now we're here. We're here. And today's topic is very exciting to me. What is it? It comes from two listeners. One is Miriam. That's Jam's roommate. Oh, sweet. Okay. She's also the graduate student coordinator at my school, and she's uh, amazing and has been a big advocate for the show. So, yeah, it's thanks, a small Miriam. world. You guys, uh, if you've never been in or around Denton or University of North Texas or whatever, but hearing our podcast and our little friend group and stuff, it probably sounds like it's a pretty small world over here. <laughs> it is it, a pretty small world over which here. Is, which it is. So It is. Yeah. Um, so that's one person it came from. And then the other person it came from is our internet friend, Shale. Oh, nice. Yes, we met Shale on Instagram and... You guys may remember she wrote in once telling us that she also sings along to our little intro when it's like, I'm Melissa and I'm Jim and I'm a chemist and I'm not. And that just tickled me. And so we ended up striking up a little conversation and she's asked so many questions and it's been very fun. She's cool. And she's in Australia, correct? I believe so. Yeah. She's definitely not here. Yeah. Not in America. We've got some awesome Australian listeners and uh, awesome listeners from a lot of other places around the world for that matter. And yeah. Yeah, we've got some cool listeners from Brazil and Spain and yeah, a lot of places and, have reached out. And those are just the ones we know of. Yeah. And for the record, we love hearing from you guys. So feel free to also, you who are listening right now, reach out and have a chat. Sweet, dude. This is cool that two people ask the same question. Double whammy. Yes. 
I know. Isn't that so exciting? I was like, I guess now I have to do it since two people have asked for sure. It's a hot topic. <laughs> it's on people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, and I'm going to use Shayelle's question because she said, I almost said, I don't know if this is chemistry related, but then I realized everything is chemistry related, <laughs> which is correct, Shayelle. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask anyway. What does the active ingredient in deodorant or antiperspirant actually do? Mm. And when you use those natural substitutes, are they still working? Huh. And guess what? What? It is very chemistry related. <laughs> it's a great question, but it's also biology related. So I think it would be biochemistry. Nice. So first we're going to talk about what even makes us smell bad. And then we're going to talk about what antiperspirant is. And then we're going to talk about what deodorant is. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I wondered that, too, what the difference between the two is. And then I've got some fun facts at the end. So this might be kind of a long episode, but I think it's worth it. Totally. There's a lot to cover. We, we want to know what makes it smell bad and then what to do about it. So that It's a lot. It is a lot to yeah. cover. So the thing that makes us smell bad in the first place is just basically bacteria. Hmm. Bacteria eat sweat. And then you give it sweat. It's like it's nutrition, kind of. And then it processes it and gives off bad odors. Whoa, that's weird. What the heck? I know. Isn't it crazy? That's it. That's the basics of why we smell bad. So bacteria is already there. It's all around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And in our armpits or wherever, you know, that tends to smell, it's Warm and moist and dark, and I guess bacteria likes to grow there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it likes sweat. Huh. And it likes to eat sweat. Wow. So it seems really simple, but also it's a little bit more complicated. Because there's some fights about what actually is the compound that makes us smell bad. Hmm. So I found a few research papers that seemed like there was kind of a big fight in the 70s in the scientific world about whether or not this one compound called trans, I believe, trans to methyl to hexanoic acid is the reason that specifically people who have been diagnosed with schizophrenia smell bad, like have a specific odor. But then other people said, no, that that's not true. Finally, I discovered about Dr. George Preddy. Dr. Preddy is a chemist who specialized in perspiration research, which I didn't even know was a thing, <laughs> at the Monell Chemistry Census Center of Philadelphia. Hmm. And his group essentially found out that 3-methyl-2-hexanoic acid was what caused the smell that we would call the way people smell bad, like the bad smell people make. Yeah. In all people, not just people specifically with diagnosis of mental health disorders. That's so weird. I mean, I just don't get why that would be related at all. Not that I would be a good gauge of what makes sense to be connected medically anyway, but that just seems so weird. It does seem weird, except that that one compound isn't the only thing that we smell bad. Oh. So here's a nice quote from Dr. Preddy that I thought was really good. He said, we're all little chemistry factories. We have bacteria mingling with excretions from our body that forms a variety of odors depending on what part of the body we're talking about. He said there are about two dozen compounds contributing to underarm smell, and nearly all of them are acidic in nature. And you can rearrange those compounds 
to give many millions of combinations so that underarm secretions collected from six individuals will all be very different bouquets. So that is some information from Dr. Preddy that I thought was interesting. And then a few other papers suggested that body odor can change based on where you are in your menstrual cycle, your emotional state, your health, your age. There are some theories that I think there's service dogs that can indicate when their owner is about to have a seizure are smelling a change in chemical excretions from your body. Oh, I've heard of that. Not like the chemical part, but just heard of dogs being able to sense that in some way. Interesting. So body odor is very complex, way more complex than just this one compound caused a smell. And they, in the end, seem to think that this mental health diagnosis of schizophrenia was not related to body chemistry Mm -hmm. smell and really that that compound they isolated was causing bad smell in most people along with many others. But I thought it was interesting that it's so simple that just the things you give off get converted into bad smell by by bacteria, but also all these things can affect it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, seriously. So chemistry of our bodies. That's crazy. It is crazy. And I didn't even know, I think I should probably stop being surprised by this, but I didn't know that there was a chemical senses center and that there were researchers that specialized in such things as perspiration research. Yeah. So Dr. Preddy's work actually informed a lot of what we're going to talk about today, but also he recently passed away, I think um, back in March, Mm -hmm. this past March. So This is kind of a way to honor him and say thank you for the work that you've done to contribute. And we're so excited to pass that along to everyone else. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing that there are people dedicated to this specific thing. Like you said, it shouldn't be surprising. I guess we've heard about that a lot, but it is kind of weird to wonder. I wonder how like, you know, odors work or whatever. And then to to think, I wonder if there's a group of people that are working day and night, you know, on this exact thing. Or whatever. Well, and it seemed like he was trying to leverage odors and body excretions in order to be a tool to identify medical conditions or Mm. other things. Basically seeing what he could find out to make more efficient products, but also make more efficient diagnoses or to help with our health or whatever. So I thought that was really pretty interesting and cool. Yeah, for sure. And that quote, I believe, was from, there's a few articles about him in the New York Times and Chemistry and Engineering News, Mm -hmm. and all of those were really helpful. So I just wanted to give a shout out to those articles about Dr. Preddy and his work and his life. Nice. So that's the basics of why our body smells weird. But the question that we were asked was, how do antiperspirants work? And I'm mixing in how do deodorants work? Both of them work by messing with the bacteria that makes the smell. Okay, so antiperspirants stop the sweat from getting to the bacteria. Okay. It reduces sweat production. Kind of makes sense with the name, like antiperspirant, no perspiring. Antiperspiring. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I discovered while I was working on this that I have a hard time spelling antiperspirant. I kept changing one of the I's to an E, so (laughs) I do something similar with chemistry where I often accidentally spell chemistry, chemistry, and I cannot change my brain from doing it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Those are my, those are my admissions to being a poor speller in today's episode. Dude, I have some of those too. Don't worry. Mine aren't those exact ones. And in general, I feel like I'm pretty proud of my spelling. 
but a couple mistakes I keep making all the time. Yeah, it's just, you know, can't shake it. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time with the I before E stuff. There's a lot of words that I really rely on autocorrect just to fix my IE issue. I really think yeah. for a little while I can get it right, but a lot of time it is just being in a hurry. <laughs> so I have that problem too. Well, the only way I could get it right was if I said perspirant instead of perspirant. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like Wednesday, you know, yep. you got to do that in your mind. So, Oh yeah. I spell out Wednesday in my mind and I spell out tomorrow in my mind because I sometimes for some reason like forget which thing is a double letter of unless I spell it out in my head. Yes, because Disneyland had a Tom Morrow land. Like they had Tomorrowland and their little guy was Tom Morrow. So I thought that there was supposed to be two M's the whole time in tomorrow. Okay. Thanks a lot, Disney. You're supposed to be helping kids. Okay. Not freaking them out. Because <laughs> it's one M in tomorrow, right? Yeah. T-O-M-O. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I always remember is that Tom Morrow, the little guy from Tomorrowland is not the right way to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my spelling rant for today. Okay. So antiperspirants stop you from sweating. As much, they reduce sweat production and the government regulates how much sweat production has to be minimized to actually be able to call it an antiperspirant. I think it's like 20%. And then deodorants work by trying to kill the bacteria itself. So it doesn't change sweat production at all, but it's just stopping the bacteria from producing odor. Mm. So those are two distinct forms of not smelling as weird. So you can either have an antiperspirant or a deodorant, but oftentimes in antiperspirant, they have some deodorant mixed in and sometimes they'll just throw on perfume just in case. Right. Is an added bonus. Yeah. So now you might be wondering, how does antiperspirant stop sweat production? Yes, I am wondering that, especially because I use antiperspirant, not just deodorant. And partly because of superstition. I've never understood how exactly it works, but it seems like when I look at the deodorant aisle, I'm like, hmm, I want this one that is going to also stop sweating. So I'm especially curious about that. Well, that's interesting because there are also a lot of people who worry that antiperspirants are bad for you. Now I'm worried about that too. <laughs> but it's all based on the use of this one thing, which is aluminum salts. Okay. So aluminum salts are almost always present in antiperspirants. The way that they are suspended in the antiperspirant or whatever is different, but they've got the aluminum salts in there. And for a long time, it was just theorized that they dissolve in your sweat and somehow form plugs on the top of your pores, and that doesn't let the sweat out. And that was all I could find. It took me probably three hours to finish working on this article because I was trying to find an article that a research journal article that talked about how the salt plugs formed (laughs) and it was very frustrating but I finally found one it seems like a lot is unknown overall but I found one in 2017 where they used basically an imitation of sweat proteins and a very specific type of x-ray to watch the formation of the sweat proteins Mm. which is so interesting or the formation of the salt aluminum salt plugs that block your pores from sweating. And they basically found that the aluminum salt, the positive parts, positively charged parts of the aluminum salt mixed in with the sweat proteins and then formed 
a nucleation site. Do you remember the word nucleation? From crystals forming? Yes. Mm-hmm. They needed like a starting point kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, so it basically is a starting point for a membrane to form across where the sweat comes out. Uh-huh. And then it collects the sweat, almost like a membrane across the opening. Wow. That was my best interpretation of the article. It was very complex, and it was the only one of its kind that I could find. And I looked pretty hard. So (laughs) that was my best interpretation of that. So essentially, the salt in the aluminum salt, the positive parts, mixes with your sweat proteins, most likely, and then forms a membrane across your pores to keep the sweat from coming out. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then you can just rinse that off. the salts will go away in water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Positive charges are usually good at dissolving in water, salts in general. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's antiperspirants. You're tracking with me? I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Basically just keeps it from coming out in short. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes a nice membrane over your pores. Mm -hmm. And you pretty much have to, it seems, use aluminum salt, maybe because it forms a membrane differently. That just seems to be the thing that's most effective in antiperspirants. Okay. Now, deodorants, on the other hand, not always the same stuff. They have a huge array of possible products because they're basically just trying to stop the bacteria from growing or producing bad smells. Mm -hmm. So one article I read said they basically can be anything from antibiotics to citronella to just alcohol. Mm. Anything that kills bacteria, that can be in a deodorant. So it could be anything. So where antiperspirants are this one specific type of thing that does something that very few other things do, it seems. Deodorants can be anything that makes you smell less. Huh. So I think the answer to Shayel's question about antiperspirants and deodorants is that they're different from one another. So any aluminum-free deodorant is probably going to be not as efficient in terms of stopping you from sweat as antiperspirants are. Right. But all natural deodorants or aluminum-free deodorants are probably created-ish equally, sort of equally. They're all a free-for-all kind of. They're just trying to stop you from... Right. Producing odor. So here's a question then. I think I used to think deodorant meant that it just was introducing a new smell to your armpit mm-hmm. area. But you're saying is technically for it to be a deodorant, it really should be having some method of trying to kill bacteria. That is what it seemed from the interview I read with Dr. Pretty. That's a helpful definition because we do have things that are just for smelling good. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I I think I discounted the existence of deodorant, kind of just thinking all it's doing is adding a different smell over here. Like I kind of right. need, I kind of want something that is doing more than just that. But that makes right. more sense if it's trying to also kill the bacteria. That gives it a lot more credit than I had been giving it in my mind. Well, and I've really been struggling with deodorant on my own end. It seems like I'll buy a new deodorant or an antiperspirant and it'll work for a while and then it stops working pretty quickly. And one of the most effective things I've ever had is a spray deodorant. It just kind of smells like citrus. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know for sure, but as a chemist, my best guess is that it's essentially just 
spraying alcohol, like some sort of disinfecting alcohol under my arms, which kills bacteria Mm -hmm. and very slightly masks it initially with the citrus scent, but that wears off quickly. Yeah. So I really think that would be an effective way of deodorizing is just rubbing some alcohol that will even kill bacteria. So it doesn't last forever. You kind of have to reapply, but... It seems like anything that kills bacteria is going to deodorize. Yeah. So I thought the citronella oil was really interesting too. That is interesting. So one thing I just want to make sure I understand, you're saying that you smell sometimes? Um, no, uh, I don't smell ever. I only smell like flowers constantly. Okay. I'm thinking, hmm, <laughs> getting some mixed signals here. It sounds like you guys heard it here first. Melissa sometimes smells. Uh, okay, fine. I'll admit it. No, I do sometimes smell. I work out hard. I go hard. I've been doing that Erica Davis fitness. Listen, right now her program is $49 for eight weeks. You guys should really jump in on it <laughs> while we're still all tra- trapped in our homes for yeah. for our cur- quarantines. And you can also smell bad too for the low, low price of $49 for eight weeks. Dude, I like how you turn that around though. Like... <laughs> it sounds bad to say you smell bad, but if you're like, oh no, it's because I work out hard, and you're like, oh yeah, true that. Wow, that's awesome. It's like you can suddenly make it a I thing. Know. It's like, hey, listen, you know, I'm working out hard, and it just comes to the territory. Or like people who <laughs> who work hard with their hands and they get dirty, like, hey, listen, I'm working hard. It's like it kind of you're owning owning the dirt, owning the smell. Oh, a hundred percent. If you don't smell bad, then I'm not impressed. Are you? Do you even work out, bro? <laughs> you don't smell bad? I, don't, I can't even smell you from over here. You must not be working out hard enough. Well, I do work out hard enough. Okay, so that's the basics of the chemistry behind them and distinguishing between the two. But the big question about safety has been around aluminum deodorants. Okay. So there was some question about whether aluminum salts played a role in Alzheimer's and also in cancer, specifically breast cancer because a lot of breast cancer is found in the upper outside quadrant of the breast. So close to the armpit armpit. Right. And there was aluminum salts and some of the stuff that it's suspended in to distribute it into your arms found in those tumors. Mm -hmm. So initially there was a big worry that our use of deodorant was somehow increasing our use of cancer. But, and I had heard that, and I thought that seemed probably true, but I had stopped using antiperspirants a long time ago, so I was like, who knows? We don't know anything about chemistry, really. Yikes. That's, Just kidding. We know a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yikes, that's like, that's scary. It's kind of reminded me of some of the Teflon stuff. Just like, enough to be like, a little, a little scary. It's enough to be a little scary, but it seems that there is not a consensus among research professionals that this is occurring or not. Oh, Okay. So, actually, the Alzheimer Association, some patient advocate group, has come to the conclusion that research doesn't support that use of antiperspirant increases occurrence of Alzheimer's. Hmm. And the American Cancer Association, I believe, posted something along the lines of, we are not sure that there is an aluminum and cancer correlation. But the best thing I read was a paper, I think from 2016, Mm -hmm. That was an overview of all of the data and research that had been done with breast cancer and and aluminum antiperspirants. And it came up with 
we don't know. Mm. That was their big conclusion that there aren't enough studies to say that there is for sure something or not. Right. So we would need to do more studies to check into this. But ultimately, right now, it seems that's not corroborated. That doesn't mean it won't ever be. But right now, it doesn't seem that we know that for sure. Mm -hmm. That's what my research turned up. If there's anyone else who's been researching this who maybe knows something else or wants to add to that, that'd be great. 2016, in terms of papers publishing, I'm surprised there's not something sooner, but... It seems like it, it's kind of gone back and forth, and so we don't have a true consensus yet. Mm. Man, interesting. That's tough. It's another one where we just don't know. Yeah. There, there could be, when we're messing with our bodies and the natural way things are, there could be negative ramifications, but we just don't know. Yeah. That's tough. It's hard being humans sometimes. It's hard being humans and trying to make our bodies do whatever we want them to do pretty much. (laughs) Okay. So that's all the chemistry. If you want to tell it back to me, I'm going to give you some more fun facts. Some of them chemistry related. Some of them not. Okay. I can do this. I think. So starting with the smells part, there are, sounds like there's not one chemical that, we smell that makes us smell, but there's one that's very, very commonly a part of the smelling situation makeup. And it's that super long one that sounds crazy. <laughs> what was it again? Um, three methyl two hexenoic acid. That doesn't mean anything to anyone unless you're an organic chemistry student, mm-hmm. in which case all that time you spent learning IUPAC names. You're welcome. So we, that's the chemical, but really is formed from, uh, we sweat, comes out of our pores, and then there's mm-hmm. bacteria there, just like there's bacteria everywhere, especially because it's a uh, kind of locked in like area that's that's not open to the sun very often and is moist and warm. Bacteria loves it. And when we sweat, the bacteria eats the sweat which is already kind of crazy sounding to me that is kind of crazy sounding and somehow i have a fun fact about that specifically oh sweet and somehow Mm -hmm. that process gives off the smell is that right correct okay so that leaves there to be like a few places where if we're trying to combat this whole smell situation we could either worry about the part that creates the smell, which is where the bacteria eats the sweat. Or right. Or we could prevent the sweat in the first place and also hopefully end up, you know, preventing the smell. So it's like it seems like that's the path, the fork in the road where antiperspirant and deodorant have kind of tried two different strategies there. Right. Antiperspirant is trying just to stop the sweat, which it does by stop some of the sweat probably impossible to stop all of it where it uses aluminum you can do it it's a salt right yes so it's aluminum salt oh, okay i thought i was trying to think of like the other thing that was part of it would it be 
chloride? Or There's anything? other things, but it's a bunch of different okay. aluminum salts. There's a lot of different variations on aluminum salt, but it's all basically aluminum salt. Okay, got it. So the aluminum salt is able to, it's positively charged, and it's able to somehow combine with the sweat, right? Isn't that what it first starts, yeah. starts that reaction kind of thing? The proteins in sweat is what it seemed like. Mm -hmm. That study was wild. They took a serums from something that cows produce uh -huh. as an imitation for the proteins in sweat and watched how that would interact with the salt. Huh. It was pretty amazing. So it interacts with those. And just like the crystal stuff we've talked about in the past, it mm -hmm. is able to have a nucleation point or site or starting point. Which then right. allows it to basically create a little plug for the sweat pores and prevent the sweat from coming out kind of thing or hold it back right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if that works well enough, then the sweat doesn't come out as much, doesn't interact with the bacteria as much, bacteria doesn't eat as much of it, and then less smell happens. Boom. So that's crazy. <laughs> I know. And I kept finding people saying, and it just plugs your sweat pores, and it just plugs your sweat pores. And I was like, I have to find how it does it. And when I found it, it was worth the payoff because that's wild. Yeah, seriously, that is wild. And it seems like, it seems like saying just plugs the sweat pores, it's like, okay, but couldn't I like probably find my own way of plugging my sweat pores that wouldn't be good, <laughs> but like I could do that. But it's like, there's got to be more complicated. Like, what if I just like put some glue all over my armpits or something. I know. Like it seems like that probably clog them, but not in a good way. Right. Um, so that's the antiperspirant way. It kind of is trying to stop things earlier in the process. Mm -hmm. Whereas deodorant is focused on trying to kill bacteria. So it has any type of thing that's known to kill bacteria, like alcohol or citronella oil or... Something else that can kill. You know something else that can kill bacteria. Soap. Now, if you take a bacteria, if you have a bacterial infection, you take. Oh, you take antibiotics. Yep. They have antibiotics and deodorants. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we've found to be able to kill bacteria because it's, it's everywhere. So we, the idea there is that not trying to stop sweating but kill the bacteria so that you can sweat as your body wants to without it getting eaten by bacteria and causing a lot of smell. Obviously, there's probably still some bacteria, but the idea would be to just minimize that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of, I mean, sometimes we have, sometimes topics seem like they really require some version of an analogy. For some reason, neither of these feel like they need that. I think it's really easy to visualize. We all know yeah. bacteria. You know, I mean, it almost, if you really want, maybe you could just talk about how cows eat grass and turn it into methane gas, which isn't great, you mm -hmm. know? But even that, I mean, we all just know what these things are. Right. You know? Yeah. Much easier to visualize a sweat pore and a coating coming over it or mm -hmm. bacteria producing odor. So I think it does feel that way. You're right. And it's interesting because deodorant is not messing with your body as much because the bacteria, it's like, yeah, just letting you sweat. 
and the deodorant's kind of not worrying about the sweat for the most part. It's just worried about the bacteria, which is arguably not messing with our body, but messing with stuff that just happens to be on our body all the time and especially yeah. in our armpits. That's kind of how I feel. That's why I tend towards deodorant over antiperspirant, but you know, don't hear me say one's necessarily better than the other. I don't feel like I know enough to say that for sure, mm-hmm. but I like the idea of something messing with your body less, but I'm kind of a hippie. I don't mm-hmm. like putting things on my body as much as possible. So yeah. Okay. Are you ready for some fun facts? You did great by the way. Is that it? Did I get those things right? Yeah. You got everything right. That nice. was great. The Sweet. only thing you didn't talk about was the, was the incidents with diseases, but I think that's not really worth going back over. Right. The right. answer Especially, is we don't know. <laughs> right. Right. I just be reiterating like there are some theories and then well, they weren't sure and other theories and then they weren't sure. Right. Yeah. And that was interesting to me too. Cause my grandmother on my dad's side had Alzheimer's and she died from complications with that. And so I was kind of interested to see if there was going to be anything concrete there. But once again, sounds like there's not. So it doesn't seem like there is at this time, mm-hmm. but again, I'm not saying for sure. And I'm not someone who studies that, but that's what it seemed to me from what I read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Ready for your fun facts? Yes, I'm very ready. Okay. Fun fact number one. In recent decades, makers of deodorants and antiperspirants have begun encapsulating active ingredients in time-release polymer enclosures so that the products last longer. Holy... Isn't that amazing? That sounds like a game changer. That's that's antiperspirants. I think those are the like twenty four hour ones. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's antiperspirants and deodorants. And this was from the chemical and engineering news article. Mm-hmm. And it said also many deodorants and antiperspirant companies have been developing additives that block the action of the bacteria's enzymes responsible for turning odorless sweat into the unpleasant smell. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it kind of has, they're doing two cool new things there. Yeah. And then Preddy, Dr. Preddy, who was the basis for a lot of this that I learned, he and his colleagues helped create additional ingredients that could distract the nose of no- nearby people from the bad stinky sweat smell. So basically your odor receptors, like we talked about, can be inhibited by things that that are molecularly similar, Mm -hmm. but smell good. So you're almost just tricking them. Mm -hmm. And it seemed that it was easier to trick men's noses than women's noses. Huh. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Sounds like that guy and his team were, were working on some pretty cool stuff. Oh my gosh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> okay, the third thing, this is also Dr. Preddy. And I saw this in a 1995 interview that he did with New York Times. So that was mm-hmm. way long ago. They linked to it whenever he passed away. They wrote a new article and linked back to that one. And they mentioned that they're working on giving different nutrients to the bacteria that would produce non-smelly byproducts. So basically just flooding the bacteria with other nutrients that would not make byproducts that smell bad and your odorless sweat would just hang out. Hmm. Wow. So that was in 1995. I don't know how it played out, but that's yeah. super interesting too. A fun avenue. Yeah, seriously. 
And last but not least, every Friday, we have seminar in my chemistry department. Right. We had a woman come who I believe actually is now going to be working at UNT. Ooh. And she talked to us about some of her research where they use bacteria to synthesize what they want. So this is not just something that happens in our bodies, but people will grow colonies of bacteria, feed them nutrients or chemical substances of some kind, and then the bacteria will have enzymes inside them that produce new compounds. And basically the bacteria are doing the synthesis for you. Holy. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, seriously. My mind was blown. I didn't know you could do that. I'm not a biochemist, so it's possible that that's common knowledge, but it was not common knowledge to me. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely not to me either. I mean, in the sense that like, I just feel like that's not the kind of thing people think about as possible with bacteria. It's more like a lot of us probably think they're the bad guys. We're trying to like accomplish our stuff and they're the ones messing stuff up. Right. But they can do really amazing things. Yeah. Weird. So science is crazy and cool and it can help you smell less bad and it can help with a lot of other things too. Dude, sweet. That's nuts. There's a lot there. Deodorant. Who would have thought? I know it's pretty dense episode. I almost cut it into two, but we've had a lot of two parters lately. So I figured we'd just do a nice long one today. Is it talking about our week's time? I think it is. Awesome. Do you have any other questions? Do you? I don't think so, but I'll have to chew on for sure. Let's do it. Okay. So my thing to share this time is not really a happy one, but um, it's you know, important to share anyway. My favorite coffee shop here in Denton called Cryptozoology. Super weird, very cool, local spot. Amazing coffee. And I'm very picky, so I'm not just saying I liked their couches or something or the style of the place. I loved, most importantly, they had the best coffee in Denton. But their style and vibe, also very good. Also very good. Great place to study. And also is my opinion, by the way, but I definitely think they're the best coffee in Denton. They announced just a couple days ago that they are having to close, not just like the temporary closing that a lot of shops and local places have had to do, but they had to, they're having to close permanently. And Which they won't. Which is so heartbreaking. Yeah. So they're not going to return after, after COVID's over. So that was super, super sad. So I, I mean, I think some people might not totally get it and think it's weird to like be that bummed about it. But um, if they're not like, coffee shop kind of people but if you are then you i know you get it it's like your favorite spot (laughs) the people you go see multiple times a week who remember your your order remember your name remember what you do and just places you feel like home away from home especially as a freelancer that's almost like your office kind of totally there's a lot of times i'd go and and spend all day there i'd have like a meeting or two and then also work on stuff in between or whatever so um, it was just a really good spot. They had a, there was an amazing food truck that would park outside of there. So it was like, like all you needed was there. Great coffee, great spot to work on stuff, and then some good food right outside. So I'm definitely bummed. Bummed for the shop owners who I I'd gotten to know pretty well, and um, bummed that the coffee shop won't be around. Bummed on behalf of like our whole town as well. So all that to say, like obviously that's really sad, and it's been been thinking about that a lot but we've all got our places like that i think in our respective towns a place we really 
hold dear. It might not be coffee for you. It might be a restaurant or whatever. So all I have to say, just do whatever you can to support something local. We can't all support everything, but if you've got your spot, try your best to hold on to it um, and do whatever you can within reason to to keep it going so that you can enjoy it once all of this is over. So, Dang, that was deep, Jam. And just so you guys know, Jam's sporting his hat from the coffee shop that yeah. he got just hours before they closed yeah. to support them. So he did his best and it, you know, it was tough. Yeah, I'm like, man, why didn't I buy a dozen hats? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll just pay your rent. Please stay open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Man, I wish I was rolling in it. That'd be great. But anyway, that's my thing. Sorry for it being sad, but I think it's real. So That's okay. I've got a happy one that I think you're going to latch on to as well. Okay, sweet. Okay, so one incredible side effect of everything being weirdly closed down is a lot of teachers have been creative in their online homework resources. And uh-huh. we have been just blown away by the support that we've been getting from chemistry teachers in high schools reaching out to us, talking about how they're using our show. Some students have reached out to us and told us that they have been assigned our show as homework. And Mm -hmm. I just can't tell you for me how that warms my heart. You know, I care about chemistry so much. I want people to enjoy learning about chemistry. I think it's really fun and applicable we are getting to support teachers doing their job, making science accessible, even in this weird coronavirus time. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little emotional just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and this past week, actually, we got to meet up with a high school class with Mr. Hollis's class in Illinois. Jim and I went on a Zoom meeting and met their advanced chemistry students, seniors, and we talked about what college was going to be like and any advice that they had and, or that we had for them. And it was just a blast and really fun and just so encouraging for me to hear some of the stuff that they'd been working on. And so just getting to be a part of so many people's experience has been really awesome to hear about and be a part of. I'm just really thankful for that. So dude, yeah, it was totally awesome. I think it was hitting me hard too because I feel like at least on the chemistry side of things, I'm so along for the ride. I mean, that's not the part that that's not my my piece of this. All the tech side and all that stuff is is mine. So it's kind of crazy to realize some of that impact so suddenly by talking to students who are trying to learn this stuff, and some of them are gonna you know try to make careers that are gonna be really involved in chemistry, whether they're they're going into medicine or something or whatever. It was like, oh, dude, this thing is has a potential to have real impact in people's lives, which is kind of crazy. I just didn't expect that. Well, and even sharing it, I could teach people all day long, but I did not have the capability to make a good sound quality product to put out. And you knew how to do all that and put it out places where people could access it easily. And you really made that possible. So you yeah, you have a big impact. And some of the students specifically talked about how Jam's piece of explaining it back makes it easier to understand. So that was really cool. <laughs> and that is why we do that in the first place. So it's like, it's just good to know that it helps. Um, and it's not just helpful for me. Obviously, that's part of why we do it too. So that right. I can make sure I know it. But yeah, it was really encouraging. It was awesome to get to meet them. They're 
a lot of them seem like they're going to go far and have some cool goals and aspirations and stuff. So it's just kind of crazy to have even a little piece of their, their life trajectory and their learning. So, yeah, it really was awesome. And I'm really thankful that we got to, got to be a part of that. Amen. So thank you so much, Mr. Hollis for reaching out and to all of the educators who've reached out to us and students who have told us how we've been able to supplement your experience. And that's really been so cool. And thanks to all of you guys who are listening right now. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but we want to hear from you. So if you have thoughts or ideas, please reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email at chem for your life. That's chem F O R your life to share your thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us be able to share chemistry with even more people. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash chem for your life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to In Newell and A. Collini, who reviewed this episode. Mm-hmm.